welcome to our uh, Illumination Cinema movie podcast extravaganza. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm Tyler, and I'm Chris, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some movies today. What movies? Um, we're gonna be talking about the Coen Brothers movies. But before that, um, because this is a because this is a Tyler what Tyler Tyler is that is that Coen with the H, like the Garfield movies, or is it Coen? God damn it, H? I was going to make a joke later. <laughs> like, oh, so uh, next we're going to talk about my favorite Coen brother, my favorite Coen movie, uh, <laughs> The Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> but you wrecked it. You wrecked my joke. Okay. Before we get into the movies, this is a brand new podcast, so let's, let's talk about uh, the podcast a bit and who we are. I'm the man who needs no introduction. <laughs> I made Brimstone Terrace after all. Are you uh, Jamie? Yes. Okay. Uh, that that Jamie does a very good job with uh, the Gary voice. Yes. That's what my family members have said to me. <laughs> 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 but Chris, n- not as many people know you. I'd probably say most people don't know me. <laughs> probably in the 100% range. Unless you saw Countdown, which, thank you. If not, then you should watch Countdown. Yes, you should watch Countdown. It's a video we just released on Illumination Cinema a little while ago. I'm not going to say how long ago because I date the podcast to be on what time we released this thing. But um, yeah, I'm Chris Strong. I I was a staff writer on Brimstone Terrace, and I do various other things like also editing mm-hmm. Brimstone Terrace, and also as the uh, voice in the crowd in one scene, and also the great unforgettable uh, photographer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whose performance uh, has gotten rave reviews uh, from uh, probably the most everybody. outstanding performance. Yeah. Okay, that's all we need. Uh, that, does your uh, does, does your mom ever come up to you? Oh wow, Chris! You know I'm watching Brimstone Terrace, and uh, Tyler did a really great job with that photographer voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's probably enough introductions yeah. here. I think they, everybody knows that we're just a bunch of idiots. Yes. Chris and I, uh, we like to talk about movies, and we decided, you know, hey. We like talking about movies. Why not record it and slap it on the internet? Yeah, and um, make the internet listen to our talks about movies because yes. make them all fascinated. Yes. <laughs> so this one specifically, and a, a few others that are going to be like it. We're we're talking about, as we said, Coen Brothers movies. So sometimes, every once in a while, we'll just kind of take a director, or I guess in this case, two directors. Um, their body of work and sort of kind of look over it and then have a discussion about it. And for this one and probably for some in the future, we've just kind of selected the ones that we felt were the most important. So, yes, we selected six movies. Um, do we want to go into which ones we've, we're have we doing or do we want to kind of... Yeah, just... let's, let's go ahead and let the audience know that we're going to be... <laughs> so... Okay, so I'll go ahead and okay. list it off. We have Barton Fink. This is all, by the way, in order of when they came out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Barton Fink, Fargo, Big Lebowski, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, No Country for Old, for old Men, and uh, Burn After Reading. Yes. All of the Preach rest of, these... of their work can burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is a great segue to Barton Fink. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Actually. Um... Yes. 
I'm going to go start this off, by the way, by just saying that John Goodman is probably the greatest actor in a Coen Brothers movies. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to, we're just going to preface this by saying, or, or should we just sort of say John DeToro and John Goodman are great? And that's a, like, that's a, just sort of a blanket statement for every single one of these so movies. Let's, let's now skip, uh, we can just skip Barton Fink and, uh, Oh Brother Now. <laughs> we're good to go. <laughs> No, um, so this is actually one that you told me about, and I was like, this is something I'm not really into. I'm not usually into Coen Brothers movies, because I was kind of like, I've seen Big Lebowski first, mm-hmm. which, not to spoil anything, but that made me not want to watch any more uh-huh. Coen Brothers movies. <laughs> not to spoil anything, except for uh, spoiling. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, like, like I saw, I saw True Grit, which mm-hmm. I think is great movie which i'm not gonna cover so i'll go and yeah. say one thing that i really loved it mm-hmm. and so i was kind of like okay i'll go and watch barton fink kind of start getting start getting into coen brothers movies since you kind of told me a little bit more about it so it's not kind of interesting um so you're just talking about like what do we like about it yeah um i start I, positive barton <laughs> fink is one of the one of their works that i don't think many people know about like did you know about it before i even brought it up to you no, I had no idea. I mean, I'd actually... The only thing I really heard about Barton Fink was John DeTuro, and that's mm. the only thing I knew about it. Because um, I heard about Barton Fink because... <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay. I heard about Barton Fink because um, another podcast I listened to, um, which I'm not going to plug, it's one of the guy's favorite movies, so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to check out uh, Barton Fink. And it was on, um, for anyone who's curious about it, it's it's on Netflix. And yeah, I so I, I decided to check it out, and I, I really enjoy this movie. Um, should we give sort of like a synopsis or anything like that, do you think? Yeah, it's going to give a little synopsis of this thing. And since we didn't say it earlier, go ahead and say it right now. We're going to spoil oh, whole, yes. all these movies. These are gonna. It's it's gonna be like we're gonna talk about the climax of the movies. We're gonna talk about the middle of the movies, beginning of the movies. We're gonna be, yeah. Spoilers. I'll let you give the synopsis spoilers. in this one. I'll give, I'll give the Fargo one. I guess we'll go like back and forth on giving our synopses. Yeah. Or so should I go ahead and do uh, Barton Fink? Yeah, let's let you do uh, Barton. Okay, Fink. Okay, so it's it's been a little bit, uh, been a little while since I've seen this one, but it's basically about uh, John Turturro plays a writer named Barton Fink, and he. <laughs> Good job so yes. far. <laughs> and he's um, primarily a playwright, but he he gets an offer, I think, to write um, movies in Hollywood. And essentially, the movie is like I can I my my best description of it would be a dissension into hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there's definitely a lot of themes yes. surrounding hell and the devil and, and sort everything. of like like um, using writer's block as this I guess sort of like a, a comparison I guess as, like as a metaphor but yes this um like the movie creates a really great like nightmarish atmosphere and mm-hmm. like we said in our blanket statement both John Turturro and John Goodman who are uh regulars in Coen Brothers movies 
are both fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. But by, by the way, um, the whole concept of him having writer's block actually comes from the fact that Coen Brothers mm-hmm. had writer's yeah. block because they're going to write. Um, do you know what movie it was? I can't remember what the. Uh, I can't remember which movie it was, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But apparently, like they had writer's block while they're trying to write something. Oh. Um, Miller's Crossing. Mm, right. It was Miller's Crossing, and they were like, well... Well, let's write a movie about writer's block. Yeah, I mean, that's that's actually a great idea. Probably they wrote it like three weeks or whatever, which that's pretty good on, uh, for like, especially like a feature film like this. Writer has writer's block, and John Goodman's character kind of comes in every so often. It kind of is like his, like his only friend he has, which kind of find out later on he's the devil, basically. <laughs> Satan. He's <laughs> When he's introduced, he's kind of like that friend who... Like, you're nice to one time, and then, yeah. like, from there on out, like, holy shit, you're that person's best friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the Coen brothers picked uh, John Goodman, probably because the fact that he had, like, that warm and friendly image. And, I mean, he, I mean if you've ever seen, like, his uh, sitcom stuff, you know, he would you know that he's the awesome, like, uh, dude. <laughs> Every guy, like, uh, he totally appeals to all the guys yeah. <laughs> in an inner man. You know, it's, it's just absolutely lovable. And also, he was like, you know, Flintstones or whatever. Well, actually, Tyler, this is actually not a podcast about uh, Conan. It's actually talking about Flintstones now. <laughs> it, was all a, um, it was all a sham. It was... <laughs> yeah, that part with uh, John DeTuro and Flintstones is great. <laughs> that part, like, where uh, Flintstones, where uh, Fred wakes up next to Wilma, who's been stabbed, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great part. <laughs> and then uh, and then Rick Moranis comes in. Hey man. Hey man, they're they're they are neighbors, you know. It's, it's everything going Rick on. Rick Moranis comes in and helps him hide the body. <laughs> oh, I've got to watch Rick Moranis. Oh my god. Jesus. I have a great image now, like Barney and whatever trying to bury Holmes' body to get stabbed. Oh, oh gee, Fred. <laughs> Why'd you have to go and do that? I don't know, Bon, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You should go work for uh, Hannah Barbara, apparently. Okay. When he woke up, when uh, Barton Fink woke up next to the dead girl, how, like, flipped, like, was this movie in your mind suddenly? Like, oh, my God. It was, that. like, that's pretty much the turning point of the whole movie, right? Because, like... Yeah. Man. Because, like, the movie doesn't hit that kind of thing at all. Like, the movie's, like, yeah. very straightforward at first. It's like, oh, it's kind of a normal movie. It's not, like, quite as insane of a turn as, like, you know, from dusk till dawn. <laughs> we but... will talk about in a different <laughs> podcast. Yes, Absolutely. Um, but it was certainly such a strange turning point mm-hmm. that I was just like, I almost had to, I had to pause the movie for that. I was like, what the heck I, <laughs> just happened I this think movie? maybe oh my that God. you, you I thought texted he was, I thought he was dreaming. at that moment, yeah? Yeah, I thought he was, I was, like, I was like, oh, he's obviously dreaming. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a dream sequence, you know, blah, blah, blah. When you figure out that it oh. isn't, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, you it's, feel it's like, horrible like, for like, him. Dude, it keeps going. Cause you're like, it's like, it keeps going. You're like, this isn't a dream sequence. This is real. Uh-huh. This, I was like, I was in like in total denial. Yeah, you like, feel oh horrible for him though, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And um, whenever John Goodman's character comes in and tells him he's gonna help him out, he's gonna cover this thing. Don't worry about it. All that. It's just like, is John Goodman a crazy yeah. guy? Like, not just like you know. Obviously, yeah, he's you know overbearing, nice yeah, guy yeah. or whatever. But no, this apparently he is this absolute insane guy. Cause like, uh, Barton Fink's character meets these FBI, right? Yeah. Or. Yeah, two FBI guys, and they're talking about how apparently John Goodman's character is not um, who he says he is. Mm-hmm. He's not like the nice insurance, yeah, insurance salesman. Yeah. Apparently, he's like this 
awful, awful murderer who <laughs> just kills people and was uh, beheading them and all that stuff. Which, by the way, there's a thing in there where Goodman, before he leaves, he gives Fink a box. Yeah. Which I just kept thinking, like, what's in the box? <laughs> what's in, what's the, in box? the fucking box? <laughs> what well, it was like at first he ends the box like okay it's just dumped stuff whatever cares you know and then after you meet the fbi guys and you know they tell him what happened with uh goodman being this crazy murderer that's when i start thinking what's in the box what's in the box open the box like i tell like every time like uh barton would look over at the box and be like just open it yeah, right. <laughs> i love god open the box <laughs> i just kind of know um the girl gets murdered, her, like, blood stains, like, all of the mattress. Yeah, I guess the FBI guys are stooping around a whole bunch, so they discover the mattress soaked with blood. And so they're in the room uh, with Fink, and he's, uh, he's going to go to jail, obviously. It's like, there's no way he's not going to go to jail. And all of a sudden, John Goodman shows up <laughs> in the most horrifying manner possible. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember, was, was it the elevators, elevators on fire? As a first sign? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I was sitting there, I was like, what is going on? Like, all of a sudden, John Goodman just, like, emerges out of the flames yes. and just, just, like, murders both of the FBI guys. And I'm just like, I'm not sure if I should be cheering yeah. for him or frightened beyond all... Well, like, you're, you're just, like, like, fucking <laughs> horrified for, um... For, uh, Barton Fink, because, like, now, now he's, like, stuck with this guy. Oh, it's Munt, by the way. Drunk yeah, that's Munt. right. There you go, thank you, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, just you're John just... Goodman, he just showed up on set. And... <laughs> yeah, started murdering people. Like, God, great. damn it, John, we have to change the script. <laughs> Listen, buddy, I just got off the Flintstones set. I gotta, do, gotta kill somebody. <laughs> blow off some fucking steam. <laughs> There's like there's like two sides of this movie yeah. pretty much. It's like whenever he's in like the um, L.A. offices, it's like a normal, yeah. you know, kind of movie. Although there's that drunk writer he meets. <laughs> uh, that was probably the most abnormal part of the whole movie until you know the murder yeah. <laughs> part. <laughs> but actually, my, my initial thought real fast though is that Fink had like two sides, like it's a split personality mm. thing. Like you know, Munt was. Absolutely, like his his like subconscious, like he's gone crazy in this hotel, and obviously, like he murdered somebody, and you know he made up the whole month name. And then when the FBI guys kind of like were in the room, I thought, that, okay, this is where they're gonna reveal that mm-hmm. you know he's actually Munt and or whatever. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that didn't happen. And actually, it was a much much better ending than oh, I could ever yeah. thought of. <laughs> if it had been that one, it, I, I probably would have rolled my eyes. And thank God it wasn't that. So. It was like there's there's two sides of the movie. Like one side is like the L.A. office with like the uh, big wig uh, producer, and then the other side is and the uh, hotel with the melting walls and flaming hallways. <laughs> yeah, um, the L.A. office stuff was kind of like after after you see like all the crazy side stuff. Like some of the crazy stuff is like way more interesting mm-hmm. than the L.A. Yes. offices. <laughs> because they um, make you yeah, think like, like that's going to be the interesting stuff, but it's right. Yeah, because it's like. Cause like you know, asked him to write a uh, wrestling movie. Box- yeah, wrestling. Thank you. I was about to say boxing or whatever. I think Rocky. Um, a wrestling movie, and he's trying to think like this great story for this whatever wrestling movie. I mean, the producer obviously just wants a wrestling movie, which is like back then. I guess it's like no heart and soul, just like you know, people yeah. beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> and uh, Fink writes like this pretentious script, and so the producer, he's what does he say? He says uh, he's not gonna let him 
work at all until he gets like a script made or he will he'll never have a thing made yeah unless he grows yeah, up yeah because yeah. the entire movie uh fink talks about how he's like the other voice of the everyday That's people right, yeah. and you realize that he's not he's actually just a pretentious writer <laughs> and you actually kind of like agree with the producer a little bit you're like okay this guy you know he's absolutely you know insane and well, just he, like he's wanting to turn out a product but it, like it's kind of um the two extremes yeah because like there's there's one guy trying to you know put out piece of shit cliche hollywood film just to make a quick buck and then there's this guy who sort of envisions himself as being really great and sort of just makes meaningless material that pretends to be meaningful i think it's probably i think when they talk about me can talk about like the uh talk about the crazy writer he meets with the girl oh i guess kind of covered yeah. out with the <laughs> the murder <laughs> yeah I, mean, I, think, I think we pretty much covered it like and yeah i i think both of us think this movie is great yeah this one this one is definitely a great starting point for me to get mm-hmm. into like more coen brothers movies i think i watched this one then like fargo and then burnt reading and oh brother and yep. all that stuff so i kind of started watching so those let's uh, talk about the next movie now. fargo all right so this one um this one was really really uh huh <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so, what? so, do you it? want to uh, like? Do you want to just go like right into the, the synopsis? Yeah, let's go and let's, let's go into the just, synopsis just real fast. Co- like, cover the basic points for it, and then we'll kind of okay. discuss. I think this one we can have more of a discussion about it. Let's have okay. a talk about Fargo. Yeah, let's have it sit down. Um, I think it's very. It's a really short movie. Yeah, too. it is. Um, it stars actually one of my one of my favorite kind of actors. It's kind of weird to say. Uh, William H mm-hmm. Macy. Who's I don't know what it's like. He's just fun yeah, to watch. I get it. Except, except in Jurassic Park 3. Ooh, uh, <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, so there's uh, two sides of this movie as well. I guess like a lot of the Coen brothers, there's like two sides of their movies. Yeah, pretty much. yeah. Like, they, they have a lot of multi-layered uh, stories. <clears throat> well, I think it's like, from, from basically from this point on, it's a lot of like, each character sort of has its own, th- has their own thing going on. Yeah, like it's like, the plot A and plot B are pretty much equal in most of the yeah. movies. So, uh, anyways, so the A the A plot starts off with uh, William H Macy's character Jerry Lendegard, mm-hmm. who decides to hire uh, Steve Buscemi, and um, what's the crap? What's that actor's name? Hold on, move over to this Wikipedia page. Okay, here we go. Peter Stormar. Stormar? How do you say his name? Sorry, dude, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Chris, what if he's listening? You should be ashamed. <laughs> God, I'm trying to remember like who he reminds me of, but whatever. I was gonna jump in and say Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> really, I think I'm the same thing. Actually, <laughs> I didn't want to say it though. I'm an idiot. Um, so, anyways, William Chase Macy uh, hires these two guys to kidnap his wife so he can get a ransom from his father-in-law. Um, <laughs> who uh, you gotta love his father-in-law. <laughs> For like, it was like eighty. Th- yeah, it's eighty thousand dollars. So he can, uh, what is he? Crap. I'm trying to remember now. It's been, it's been a little bit since I watched this movie. Yeah, so I'm trying to remember yeah, now, uh, what he wanted the money for. Oh, he had like a bunch of, uh, loans. That's stuff, right. right. Yeah, it was loans. And so he hires these two guys to kidnap his wife. And, um, doing this whole thing, Busimi and. Dolph Lundgren. His. Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his name now. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren are, uh, traveling around and they murder yeah. a. 
cop. And it spirals and out of control. Yeah. Have the wacky adventures. <laughs> wacky adventures with Steve Buscemi well, and yeah. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Then we have to get introduced now to our next new character, Marge, who is a pregnant detective police chief lady who uh, has a very... Very northern accent. Yeah. Can <laughs> she, I bring up my she, first point? Yes, that I bet you you'd probably yes. the same point as um, the So up. I'm gonna come right out and say it. I don't I don't like hate this movie or anything. I don't even think it's a bad movie, but I like I personally didn't care for it. And my first reason why is I think I I I, I thoroughly believe that the Cohen brothers think that the northern accent is hilarious. <laughs> and um, my opinion, wh- while it is humorous at times, is not not enough to like sort of. I feel like it's that's trying to carry like the whole comedic side of the film, and it shouldn't be. <laughs> like, look at how funny they sound. And I'm going to agree with you, part of the way. I like. I actually like. I, I know you it's like this movie more than good, me. Yeah, yeah. It's you know it's not their best movie in the world, but for me, actually, I actually, actually very much enjoyed it. So would it wasn't... you watch it again? Yeah, yeah, I, see, would. I yeah. wouldn't. So yeah, so, they're, 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 they're you, sort uh, of where it, that they're sort of where it uh, splits. Yeah, and um, so as we're going along, we have now we have three different stories going on with her and her. Uh, yeah, not sorry, her husband for some reason. Not her husband. Don't care about yeah. him. He's kind of, he's kind of like there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, her investigation of the murders and. The discovery that all this right here was coming from this uh, car yeah, used car salesman, used car salesman, <laughs> Macy, just trying to get his uh, wife kidnapped. I've, I've got to say, like, I, I think any scene where, like, there, um, where she's like talking to him in his office is hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah, she like she goes into uh, Macy Macy's office, like just kind of like kind of get him trying to like get like information from him. He's like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> like, he's still, he's denying nope, way uh, more than he should be. <laughs> yes. It's like, she's like asking him, um, if any cars gotten stolen off the lot or whatever. He's like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, no cars. Nope, no, no cars. Nope, no cars. And like eventually he's just like, okay, I'll go, I'll go right now. Yeah, and he leaves. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just leaves. And she's like, what? She just like watches him leave. <laughs> That's why one of the most, most uh, humorous parts of the whole yeah, movie. <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, Buscemi and Lundgren's uh, th- their their story they, that they have going on is probably the most interesting side of the movie. Yeah, that was definitely well. It's part that actually carried a story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. We had the uh, whole part like the father-in-law didn't trust uh, William H Macy's character to carry out the uh, yeah. ransoms, <laughs> and that, that was yeah. fun as well. But yeah, uh, Busemi definitely was probably the absolute best part of the whole yes. movie. Um, do you think at any point um, someone holding a boom mic accidentally got the uh, mic shift? <laughs> <laughs> this is the joke I was going to tell you earlier, but decided to say. <laughs> and, then, and he's just uh, he got the he got the boom shadow on Dolph Lundgren's face. <laughs> he got the boom shadow all over his fucking face. This is like the most yeah. inside joke possible, <laughs> by the way. So I'm going to cut this out. It's an inside joke from a story I told Chris once. <laughs> Which may or may not make it to the final cut of this podcast. Yes. Okay. Worth telling. Um, as a segue, 
by the way. The um, other dude who I, whose name, whose last name I can't pronounce, was in Armageddon. That's what I was trying to think mm. of. That's where I'd seen him from before, because he was probably the best part of Armageddon. Oh, what? Uh, the, the Aerosmith song wasn't the best part? I don't want to so, um, my the last note I have for Fargo, and I think we can probably move on unless you have more. A couple things, but yeah, uh, go ahead. We mentioned that the movie is really short. It's 98 minutes. It was 98 minutes, and it felt longer. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, this was like, um, it was like my, I think, I think it was like 12, was it 12 a.m., I think I was right watching this thing? Yeah. I was like, it was super late. I was like, I'm going to watch. I don't think I'd finish the whole movie. I clicked at the time. I was like, 98 minutes. Oh, I can finish this. No problem. <laughs> I actually I actually think that's actually what made it good to me. Is also that it kind of just condensed everything down. It's like, there was no, like, filler. Uh-huh. Th- that's true. Necessarily. That's true. There was, although I guess it was the um, creepy guy that was trying to hit on uh, Marge. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that part was a little filler. Um, um, but, but, yeah, like, because I, I think I, I watched this earlier this year while I was, I was, like just watching it while animating, and I kept just thinking, like, man, I wanted to move on to another movie. <laughs> I mean, eh. uh, for you, it, it's not but, bad. Um, it's not a bad movie. It's just I, I think I think someone else could watch it and thoroughly enjoy it. Well, um, I mean, moving uh, on. I think, no, not moving on. Actually, I, I have one more note actually for Fargo. Right, right. There is a urban legend. Oh. Yes. That I want to go and cover with this one. That <laughs> the money that was buried by Steve Buscemi in the movie was never discovered, never found. And there's an urban legend that a girl in, I think it was like Japan, if I'm not mistaken, thought the movie was based on a true story. Like, the movie starts off saying it's based on a true yeah. story. So she actually believed the story. So she goes from her native country to Minnesota trying to find the treasure buried, and she freezes to death. <laughs> It's it's tragic. It's absolutely, if it's true, it's absolutely tragic. There is a movie that's come out recently, which I need to see, by the Zellner brothers, who are very unheard of, I guess, by a lot of people. But they constantly go to um, Sundance. Like, every year they always have a oh, movie yes, in you Sundance. Oh, yeah, these guys. Yeah. yeah, these guys, like, every year that's a movie in Sundance, because they're just really good. Mm-hmm. But it's called uh, Kumiko, the Treasure Hunter. Yes. And I really want to see this movie. <laughs> This this sounds great. <laughs> and that's like a bad person, by the way. A sequel to Fargo. <laughs> yeah, actually, there is in fact, um, which actually is my other note. There is in fact also a TV series yeah, that's FX very one. that's doing very well, actually. Yeah, it's got it it's um, picked up for a second season. Yeah. Yeah, it covers different eras in the same universe as uh, Fargo, mm. and the second season like covers like. 1979. This one covered, I forgot when, but had like Colin Hanks in it. And so that's automatically it. That's a great cast right yeah. there. That's, you know, he's a good actor. Yeah, I think that's. Have you, have, you, have you watched it yet? Oh, no, I have not actually. I've not watched it yet. And I feel like I'm saying, go watch it, go watch it. I haven't watched it. I have no uh, opinion yet on it. So when I do see it. I've heard it's good. I'll probably just tell Tyler about it. Mm-hmm. So not you guys, because sorry. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, um, so, yes. The next movie, um, we didn't. I'll let you do. Yeah, um, <laughs> we didn't do. We didn't watch this one like during like for this podcast. I think we both just watched it at other times uh, because it's just one of those pe- movies that people tell you to go watch. It's it's actually like in the list of like you know let's say like two hundred movies, or whatever, or even hundred movies. Yeah. that I've been told I need to watch these movies. Big Lebowski is like always on that list. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's actually what convinced me to go watch this movie because I was like, oh, I gotta watch this movie now because everybody keeps talking about how awesome the Coen Brothers are and how awesome this thing so is. I should, I'm I going to get my opinion really quickly, right now. Really quickly. No, no. I, I'm going to say now. that this is going to be the flip side of Fargo. <laughs> really, really quick. <laughs> this is the worst Coen Brothers movie <laughs> that I've seen. <laughs> No, I had to qualify by the way. Say that it's worse than I've seen. Yeah, I, yeah. there might maybe another one's worse. Maybe the Serious Man's worse. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Actually, have you seen a Serious Man? I I wanted to watch a Serious Man and uh, whichever one had Nicolas Cage in it for this, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, we need to probably condense it down to like six movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I I wanted to see both of those, but I haven't gotten around to it. So yes, I I really want you to explain to me why. You don't like this movie. Okay. Let's go ahead and go over the synopsis real fast. Okay. Since that's what we've been covering okay. for all the other movies. And through the synopsis, you will actually explain while you're talking why I don't like this movie. So go ahead and explain the synopsis. Okay. I'll, tr- I'll try my best to... Because um... here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I- I've also been told um, that this movie is better, like on a second viewing because it's like it's it's been explained to me as once the plot is out of the way it's a great movie <laughs> and, but, here, but here's and i have a question for you later okay um cool so the, the, the i guess the plot is sort of irrelevant it's more about the characters but in order to give us we're just going to quickly give a synopsis just because we have been jeff bridges is the dude and he's like just this really cool guy and he goes bowling sometimes and he's got a rug (laughs) and he gets there's a there's a big mix-up uh there's a horrible mix-up and uh he's not like a second grader giving a project he's like and uh so it's it's basically jeff bridges trying to um set things right with um with all these different mix-ups going on with along with his friends John Goodman and Steve Buscemi his bowling buddies Donnie shut up <laughs> that's pretty much the whole entire movie yeah. <laughs> Goodman telling <laughs> he's just trying to add to the conversation shut up Donnie <laughs> Donnie, you're like a ten-year-old who walks in the middle of a conversation or a movie or whatever. Explain, expect everybody to explain the movie to you. <laughs> that actually, you know what? John Goodman and uh, Buscemi like talking back and yeah. forth. Probably the, was probably some of the best parts I of the whole movie. It. If I was like talk positive about this, Jeff Bridges was obviously, you know, absolutely the best part of the whole movie. But then again, <laughs> John Goodman still kind of steals the show a little yes. bit with his like Vietnam yes. flashbacky yes. things. <laughs> And listen, I mean, if if it actually went somewhere in the movie, I'd actually probably enjoy it a lot more. And I mean, you're right; it's it's all about the characters in this, but it doesn't go anywhere in this whole entire movie. Like it, it explains in what how long? This is 117 minutes. What can it explain about 30 minutes? I mean, it could have been, been you know cut down, but if it, oh, yeah. if it was 20 oh, minutes, if it was 20 minutes shorter, it's a, it's a fairly long. It feels like a fairly long movie. It was 20 minutes shorter. The Fargo length about 98 yeah. minutes. I probably would have enjoyed the movie a lot more. Because there's parts in there that could have been easily cut out of there that I just don't think it's like, oh, I just don't need this part in here. Mm-hmm. I, um, I I saw this movie a couple of years ago, so it's it's a little bit foggy in my memory. But I, de- I definitely agree with you. I, I So actually, I'm, I might ask the question now, 
now that you are sort of used to the Coen Brothers style, do you think that you would be able to go back and watch this movie and maybe appreciate it more? I am planning on going back and watching it again at some point in time. I'm not sure if I'll appreciate it more or not. Because I, I feel like maybe... I, I can't guarantee that. Maybe I will, because yeah, yeah, I'm used to this style mm-hmm. now. But at the same time, I'm like... Uh, I just... It was, it was hard to get... It was hard to get... It was hard to get through. Yeah. But I will say that there are parts of the movie that I really enjoyed, and a lot of the movie I just didn't enjoy. But I definitely enjoyed like the first few minutes of it. Like, Oh, not first few minutes. First part of the movie, where like introduced to everybody. There's the people that... <laughs> Um, that just pee on his yes, his, yes. his rug, which what an ass. <laughs> goes to the guy asking him to buy him a new rug. Yeah, and so he steals the rug, yes. which that that was actually pretty funny. Yes. Um, there there's a character in here though that we need to talk about. Oh my specifically. god! Oh my god! I can't about? believe it. I will let you go in since you know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. Are we talking about uh? Sam Elliott? Yes. Yes, okay. And I was also going to say John Turturro's character in this as well. <laughs> oh. I thought, you were gonna, I thought you were talking about him. No, no, no. But um, Sam Elliott's also great, and it, he's got... <laughs> he just got his, this grin on his face the entire time. I forgot about John... Oh, yeah. Okay, that's right. That was, um... John Turturro is trying to convince them to like let him do a movie that's like a spinoff just about that character. <laughs> I would love that. Oh God, <laughs> Turturro playing uh, the Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now, did do you remember if they ever explained a little further about him being a uh, a pedophile or whatever, or six months in Chino for explaining himself? Exposing himself. Explain oh, himself. Right. Explain himself to an eight-year-old. <laughs> Expose himself to an eight-year-old, yeah. <laughs> but no, we're talking about uh, Sam Elliott in this. Mm-hmm. Since I think you have some trivia on that one. Oh, do I? Do you have a little trivia on that one? No. I'm thinking of uh, <laughs> the other Sam Elliott movie. <laughs> the um, Nicolas Cage one. Oh. <laughs> I got those two confused. Sorry about that. They're both bad movies, so. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Ghost Rider's a great movie. Um, but we're not, not talking to, about Ghost Rider. Yeah, not talking about Ghost Rider. Let's go back to the other movie you're talking about, mm. Big Lebowski, yeah. which I have no more notes for other than saying that I was very mad when uh, Buscemi died. Yes. Um, it was a heart attack, apparently. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. He, yeah. And so they go there to scatter his... <laughs> From a coffee can. <laughs> His ashes, and of course, Goodman's giving the eulogy, and it starts off fine a little bit, and also it jumps over to Vietnam War. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Jeff Bridges' expression yes. <laughs> was the part that I was like, "Okay, that was funny. Yes. <laughs> that was okay. That was good." <laughs> like just how mad he was. At uh, John Goodman for that. Yeah. And of course, they go back to just bowling, you know, like nothing ever happened. Uh, yes. <laughs> but like, that, just... I feel like that's, I feel like the fact that nothing has like a, a solidified conclusion or like, like it, it feels like really at, at the end, it feels like nothing's really at stake. I, I feel yeah. like that just goes along with the, the character and his sort of lifestyle. And I, I don't know. I feel like. Because like at, at, the, at the same time, I, like when it ended, I was just like, "What?" When I when I saw it at first, but 
Yeah, I think that both of us need to go back and rewatch it because I, I don't I again like a lot of it just been a lot of this discussion about it, it's just been us talking about things in the movie but I I, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the most meh of the uh, commercial yeah, I, movies I, I just I just really don't know what to say about it because it's been so long and I, I I wish I could defend it a bit more but I, I I feel like I feel like I have a little bit and you'll at least give it another chance. Yeah, I'll probably get to that eventually. <laughs> All right, so um, we have actually decided, we decided later on in the episode that we were going to cut it into two parts. So in the ne- in, in part two, we're going to talk about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? No Country for Old Men and Burn After Reading. So be sure to check those out. Um, thank you for listening. If you want information our updates about upcoming stuff we've got going on um go over to illuminationcinema.com uh you can check us out on twitter uh there'll be links for everything down in the description so just stay tuned for the next half and um yeah hope you enjoyed this one